Through interviews from London to Los Angeles, I hope this podcast will inspire you to embrace your wild side. To keep up with my wild adventures, follow me at suzylindow.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is August McLaughlin, and I'm a health and sexuality writer. I also host Girl Boner Radio, and Girl Boner is my brand, my life, kind of my heart. And I record an episode every week. I love interacting with people and exploring women's sexual empowerment. Very cool, August. And we've known each other for a few years through blogging, which is fun. So I'm out in California, and August was gracious enough to agree to doing an interview in her car. So (laughs) we have a really great little sound studio in here. But anyway, so August, I would like to know what your definition of wild might be. Mm. I think wild to me means doing something that's a little outside of your comfort zone, but sets your soul on fire. So it's different for everyone. It's kind of like um, something that would be an adventure that you challenge yourself to, but also is exciting. So obviously stepping outside of your comfort zone could be like getting a root canal, but that to me is not wild. (laughs) Wild would be, you know, if you've always wanted to climb a certain mountain or for some people it's trying a new hobby or going on some sort of trip that you've never done or can be in your own home, just, you know, shaking things up. I think it's a different answer for everyone, but you get that sort of butterfliesy feeling. Very nice. I like that butterfliesy feeling myself. So I want to hear, and I'm sure everyone else wants to hear about your wild side. <laughs> I'm sure you have a, a wild story or two to tell. Is that right? <laughs> I have a few. Yeah. I've, I do share a lot, I have to say in uh, my writing and on my my show for sure can you narrow it down give me a give me a word and i'll tell you the first wild story that comes to mind uh surprising oh surprising um yeah anything surprising yeah something or you surprised yourself or something surprised you okay or you you weren't expecting something to happen (laughs) for some reason. And I don't, maybe it's because you're visiting LA. So I'm thinking about when I first got here, but the first thing that came to mind was a date I was on. I was sitting at this table, an elegant dinner. And this gentleman across from me is very nice guy. We're having a good conversation. And I started to feel really kind of creeped out and I couldn't figure out why, because there was no obvious, sign that oh he's he's a psychopath or something but I just had this feeling I'm like I why am I I'm looking at his face and I see something and it's not sitting right and it took me a little while but I realized where I had seen him he played a serial killer on a movie I had just watched oh my gosh and funnier you were judging a book by its cover (laughs) I was was I'm realizing it the the, uh, the next guy I had a meal with also played a serial killer. Oh, is this is this something you're attracted to? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> People who look Was like serial killers. It's not intentional, man, but uh, <laughs> that one didn't scare me. I already knew in advance, so that uh-huh. made a little bit of a difference. But <laughs> but yeah, it was really bizarre. Once I realized mm-hmm. that the first guy, oh, that's why, it went away because it wasn't actually rooted in any sort of truth. 
Oh my gosh. So I know, that, are there any other stories that come to mind right now or do I need to prompt you with something? Give else? me another word. It's, it's kind um, of a fun game. Okay. Um, something wild that happened to you that was also extremely exciting. Extremely exciting. Oh, come on. You were a Vogue model. I'm sure that there were some things that, <laughs> that happened to you along the, the line or. Okay. Um, uh, how PG rated or no, no, not you can, you can say anything okay. you want. Yeah. Again, I'm just saying the first thing that comes to mind. Absolutely. That's what I'm looking for. When you said exciting and then you mentioned modeling, I remember my favorite audition, <laughs> yeah. which was from my agent. This was not some creepy thing I found on Craigslist, by the way. Mm-hmm. The description for the audition, the instructions were to sit on a, a sofa and then pretend you're having sex with somebody, but they're not actually there. Like, I'm wearing clothes. Basically, like, play pretend that you're, sure. that you're making out with somebody and you're having sex. And, <laughs> Let's see how good an actor you are. <laughs> <laughs> right? And this was before Girl Boner, which is really funny, right? Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have that on my radar yet. Mm-hmm. But I had so much fun doing it. It was such a like, (laughs) it was just a very unique experience. And because I do really embrace sensuality and sexuality, I just thought it was a really cool way to kind of express myself in this really bizarre sort of fun way. And I booked the job, which was fun. And I ended up getting to do this. It was kind of like a short film. It was in a music video for Narls Barkley originally. Oh my gosh. And the the song crazy now they ended up releasing or they had already released a music video for crazy mm-hmm. and that one they were replacing with the one that that we were shooting wow. and that one ended up getting some awards so they used the footage in a totally different band's video uh however the actual shoot was so incredible they had this mime flew in from New York and he played the quote porno mime who was an actual (laughs) character in Paris and a very not a crass character Mm -hmm. here that would be considered really crass because this is the US but in France it was like the porno mime you know like it was very seductive and beautiful and artsy but the story of the of the video is really funny too because it starts out I go to this theater and I'm sitting in the audience and Porno Mime comes out on stage and he's doing these sexual things. He's clothed again, mm-hmm. but you could see him performing oral pleasure on somebody, doing things <laughs> yeah. in the air. Uh-huh. And my character is just smitten. So I go backstage, I meet him, we end up falling in love. We're like riding a bike together, which was actually oh really scary because we almost crashed, but they didn't put oh. that in the video. <laughs> All these like wonderful picnic things and uh-huh. he's teaching me how to, how to, uh, do some miming and then I go to his his performance again and he is having air mime sex with somebody and I'm off stage watching and I feel like he's cheating on me because now he's not just this performer he's my boyfriend and he is in my mind cheating on me so then I take revenge and he walks in on me and I'm having air sex with a pretend man (laughs) well then that was a very good audition idea then (laughs) by the director to have you do that because that's what you ended up doing it was exactly yeah Yeah. And, and probably they had to see if somebody was comfortable to do that yeah, opening that up. that part alone I think because it's not everybody's cup of tea I get that it's so funny but it was it was interesting so I'm gonna just ask you a question because I'm sure 
you know, after hearing your intro that people are wondering anyway. So how did you get the idea for Girl Boner and how did you get interested in doing sex? I mean, that's pretty wild in itself, right? I mean, it's not your standard subject that people talk about as progressive as most mm -hmm. people are in the United States, especially women, you know, um, want to think of themselves as pretty empowered. We still have a long ways to go, right? So how did, how did that idea kind of come to you? The term actually is inspired by my experience in sex ed that most of us had when we were kids that has not changed, by the way, in very much in decades what is actually taught. I was in Minnesota where people talk even less about sex than they would here in, in Los Angeles area. And we learned a little bit about male pleasure. When we were talking about men, there was a picture, like one of those medical drawings of a man and they showed uh, an erection and I remember the teacher saying you know this could actually feel quite good and I'm thinking oh. like what <laughs> and I everything is going through my mind at that point like first of all I had no idea that that penises did that I, and I didn't I thought does it hurt like do you hang things on it like I had all these questions <laughs> going in my mind and then it struck me oh my gosh there must be something awesome that happens for girls mm -hmm. and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for some kind of good news. And all we got were cramps and blood and pain and don't you dare get pregnant and watch out for these diseases. Nothing positive. And so the mm -hmm. first time I heard the word boner and understood what it meant, my curiosity was, what about girl boners? So it was something right. that I had I kind of had as an inside joke for a long time. And then I, as you know, struggled with an eating disorder and embracing my sexuality was one of the things that really helped me heal from it. And once I became a writer, it and just wait, felt natural to do you? something. But how did, yeah. how did that help you? It was really interesting mm. because I had been in kind of conventional treatment where you go to therapy, you see a dietitian, and it was helping a little bit. I loved the chance to speak about my feelings, but I was really struggling still. And I remember sitting in this college classroom and I was taking this class because I was bored. I'd been living in Paris and traveling around and all of a sudden I'm in this small town in Minnesota going to treatment. My whole life was about this eating disorder and it was making me nuts. And so I took this psychology class and one day the teacher stood up in front of us and said, today class, we're going to talk about sex. And oh, wow. it was one of those aha lights go on moments. I realized I had never talked about sex I had had sex. That's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. I hadn't yet realized that I had shame around my sexuality. I had learned that, as many people learn, that sex is not good. It's only for procreation. It's only between a man and a woman. It's only between a married couple wanting to have kids. So I had already internalized shame around, oh my God, I had sex and I wasn't married, you know. Mm -hmm. And all of these questions started popping up into my mind. Like, well, wait a minute. Where did I get this idea that this was taboo? Why, why have I not even thought about this area of my life other than when I'm experiencing it? And I hadn't even talked about it with the guy I was having sex with. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I went home and terrified him because I couldn't stop talking about it. And <laughs> that the relationship did not last. But I, Because I got really excited about all these topics. And I realized that my experience, we each have a unique experience. Mm -hmm. However, it is not unique to have shame around your sexuality. And it is not unique to struggle because of that. And so I started to learn more and more. And it really, 
infuriated me in a lot of ways because I I wanted to change the whole world. (laughs) Uh, But it also allowed me to see my body in a completely different way and respect it and to go, oh, my pleasure matters. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, I did not have as deep of a struggle. I could think of my body as this embraceable thing. And when I would feel negative things about it or have these negative thoughts that I was so accustomed to having, I could pause and go, wait a minute, where did you learn that? And and I just knew I was on this healing journey. It took, it took time. So it was sort of a parallel thing, huh? Like the, the whole idea about, um, how you develop, um, negative ideas or body image or whatever is very similar to how women think of sexuality and um is that what is that what you're saying very much so it's so tightly linked and when you are kind of cut off from that part of you or feel you need to be sexy in a certain particular way, which there's so much pressure on women to, to mm-hmm. look a specific kind of way to be sexy and sexual in a specific kind of way, you can't help but internalize that in some way. I mean, I had other issues going on too. Eating disorders are very complicated, but but I do think that had I really been encouraged to embrace my sexuality and to explore my body, I thought I would go to hell if I ever touched down there, you know? And so to be able to go, oh, wait a minute, that's like a really medicinal thing to know Mm -hmm. your body. And so, yeah, it's, it's been really powerful. And I found that to be the case for a lot of people who don't experience eating disorders too, where we, we don't even realize that we have shame there until a layer comes off. Sometimes it's more obvious if you've been through a sexual trauma or something, Mm -hmm. um, And then sometimes it's much more subtle where you have those aha moments of like, oh my gosh, you know, for some people, I I met a woman who embraced her sexuality in her seventies. She had her first orgasm at 70. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time to wait for that aha. It is. (laughs) That aha, that big O-O-O. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's really great. So, um, you, you're living in California and you're, you know, you've got all these great ideas about, you know, how to help women and, and look at, um, sexuality and in new ways and things like that. So, um, is there anything, uh, else you want to talk about that, that wild that happened to you? Like, I I mean, I, I gotta believe a lot of wild stuff has happened to you, you know, like it has, I'm trying to like sort through the files because there's, I do have a lot of a lot of weird stories, you know, and again, wild has so many different definitions too. So sure. it's kind of how unexpected, you... um, shocking, um, even in how you surprise yourself, you know, by doing, getting out of your comfort zone or, um, you know, unusual circumstances. Mm, man. Yeah. Uh, it's really, it's really challenging to think of like one particular thing, uh, but some of the surprises that I, I consider pretty wild, but at the same time, I consider them very natural and authentic are things like the epiphany of realizing I'm a writer, you know, oh, yes. that's surprising to yes. me. Like I did not 
I did not see that coming. I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. It's, it's, yes. An, it's a cool thing. And you go, oh, wait a minute. Like, really? Like, obviously. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you had this experience, but I remember times in my life where I would go, I could never write a book. You know, I loved books. I love mm-hmm. books. I still do, of course. But just feeling like I could, like, when I was in New York modeling, I had all these roommates who were also models. And I just, I didn't want to drink beer and do drugs. I wanted to read my books. Like I was the mm-hmm. dorky, nerdy <laughs> Anne Hathaway character girl. from yeah. uh, Devil Wears Prada, basically. Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't know how to dress myself well. I just, I loved the performance part of it and the traveling. But yeah, the, the idea that, and I think I had to free up a lot of emotional space and grow into it. And also when you have so many thoughts and so much energy going into something destructive, like an addiction, which eating disorders are, are very addiction based. Typically you don't really have any time or energy to create. And you know how much energy it takes yes. to write. Mm-hmm. And so the beautiful thing about healing is every step you take forward in your healing, you're getting closer to these, these rewards and these outcomes that you just did not anticipate for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, shared with you earlier that I was sitting in an acting class when I realized I was a writer and it was so mind boggling. We had gotten up to, we shared a story that was the exercise we were doing. And they said, we want you to dig deep something, you know, painful you went to kind of your stereotypical, like, let's get up on stage and cry our hearts out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had not talked about my eating disorder experience because when I moved to LA from Miami where I lived previously, I decided I'm leaving that all behind. It's not me anymore. I'm over it. I'm me now. This is the new me. I'm done with that. And what I didn't realize was I had a lot of purpose around it that I hadn't really tapped into yet. Mm -hmm. And so when they said the first story that you think of, I got up and I told the story about living in Paris and going for a run next to the Seine River and losing consciousness and waking up and being terrified that I had ingested dirt because God forbid it would have calories. That's how dark and deep my mindset was. And then after that, I was terrified of dying. I was terrified of not seeing my family. I had all these other thoughts, but the, the driving force in my life was food and calories and weight control, which had nothing to do with any of that deep down. But, um, so I told that story and I got so lost in it as I was sharing it and I'm seeing the colors and I'm describing the sunset and all this. And I remember after that class, this fellow actor who I really respected, he was one of the like really working guys in our class who was always like, he's seen him in soap operas, you saw him in a commercial, he's always working. And he came up to me and he said, you know, you're a really good storyteller. Oh, wow. And I was like, I am? Wait, what? No. What? And I thought, am I? And I, I didn't know, and I still don't really think in those terms, but the feeling I had being able to express a story and then for someone to receive it and the authenticity of that moment really changed my life. And I went home and I was like, I'm a writer. <laughs> and uh, I didn't stop. I sat down. Wow. I like brain vomited out a memoir that I never planned to publish. And then I wrote a short story that led into my first novel. (laughs) Oh, I've read it. It's excellent. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Say the name. So in her shadow, it's a psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. It takes place in Minnesota and it's loosely based on my experience with anorexia. 
I was never locked up in a basement or chained to anything. No, but it's uh, super creepy. <laughs> it's good if you like creepy books. It's dark. <laughs> it's definitely dark. No animals are harmed, though. That was no. important to me. And uh, I, I hope, and this is what I love about thrillers, is when people have to overcome the most extreme odds, mm-hmm. they're inspiring stories to me. Yes. At, least, at least American ones. I know some mm-hmm. have really dark endings. But for the most part, you, you feel a sense of fighting for somebody or for mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So um, I would like to know, uh, if, if, if the sky's the limit, what would be the wildest thing that could happen to you in the future? Like, what would you like that would be wild or, or a wild thing you'd like to try? Or, and it could be anything, you know? I have a secret one I can't say. The first oh, thing- come on. No, Nobody's going to hear it. <laughs> I won't just, tell anyone. We're just recording this for an audience. No big yes, deal. Yes. No, like literally, I'll tell you after we stop recording, and then oh. if it has already started to come true, then we'll, we'll add it. I'll, I'll send you a clip, or you can tell okay. everybody because Sounds there's good. some career stuff that potentially could be happening. Knock on. Oh, that's exciting. That would be really yes. amazing. Um, but uh, you know, I I love traveling. It'd be fun to to travel more and to take some cool adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of my dreams are really tied into the work that I do. Uh, so the, any time that you have a chance to be able to contribute in some way, like <laughs> one of my dreams, which is going to sound pretty boring when you're like, what's the wildest, coolest thing, <laughs> yeah. but I want to hire like a full-time assistant. <laughs> oh my gosh. I need one too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking oh, about. Cause I'm that at that be point nice. where that it's would like, be wild though. Right. To have someone totally do all wild. that for you. Oh yeah. yeah. It would be amazing. And I've been at the Personal point where assistant. I, I almost can't handle all the stuff that I'm doing on my own. We all, so I could do it all on my own. Yeah. You know, I, I don't do my own sound or tech at the studio. Like I hire people for certain things, mm-hmm. but I'm at that point where it feels like too much sometimes. Like you mm-hmm. you start to go like, but you aren't quite financially able to hire somebody, mm-hmm. which is an exciting space because I feel like that is when you just, you really have to have trust and faith. So I did right. end up, I do have an assistant for the blog fest that's coming up, which may have already happened by the time this releases, but bit by bit. And I think it's really important when you do have a dream like that to take a step. Like if you want to travel around the world, but you can't afford it yet, go to another city, do something right. like take those steps and, and a really staycation. Yeah. yeah. All those things you can do. Exactly. Very nice. Yeah. Well, is there um, anything else you'd like to plug? You've got a blog, you have a podcast, you have a book, you've got, you have two books. Yeah, so... Go ahead and plug away. (laughs) Thank you. My uh, website is augustmclaughlin.com. If you go to girlboner.org, which might be easier to remember, it redirects there. And Girl Boner Radio is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, a lot of different places that people listen. So that would be amazing if people want to listen. If you like it, you can subscribe. You can leave a simple review on iTunes, which really helps. And by the way, you should review this podcast you're listening to right oh, now thank and you. uh yeah that's really really helpful itunes makes it a little difficult to to leave a review but once you get in there it takes you just like a few seconds it's so helpful uh and yeah i have my novel in her shadow the girl boner book that i wrote is coming out august 7th and i'm really excited about that but if people subscribe to my mailing list then they could get monthly updates and mm-hmm. then you'll find out what this big juicy secret is that i'm not telling yes, you yes we want to know and so, uh, yeah, and that would be Amazon for your books, correct? You're on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. You can find okay. the, the thriller there. The book, um, Girl Boner is going to be available 
wherever books are sold. So very good. Should be easy to find. I, I hope nobody hides it because sometimes people are weird. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be everywhere. Well, thank you so much, August, thank for you, meeting with me in your car in a parking yeah. lot in LA very, <laughs> in Burbank, beautiful downtown Burbank. But anyway, um, but thank you. It was very fun, and and I'm glad that we got to see a part of your wild side. Thank you, Susie. I love what you do. Thank you. Production and musical score of The Wild Side by Kelly Lindau. Visit my website at suzylindau.com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram or tweet me about the show at suzylindau and I'll follow you back. If you enjoyed The Wild Side, be sure to tell your friends, family, or anyone who will listen. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks so much for listening.